0: Hey, if you loved House of the Dragon, go check out our Ringerverse podcast. We broke down the whole season. We broke down the season for now. House of R with Mallory Rubin and Joanna Robinson are gonna do a big deep dive on the last episode of season one. Go check it out. The Ringerverse, the best nerd culture podcast on the planet, hands down. Go check it out on the Ringer Podcast Network. This episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast is presented by State Farm. If you've ever been in an accident and you're okay, but you know what happened, your first reaction is gonna be, "Man." and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer partner of the NBA. It's just where you need to sit back and enjoy the game. And they're also getting fans closer to the game than ever. You can win exclusive NBA prizes like courtside seats, signed memorabilia, and more. I love Michelob because of how light it is. It's only 95 calories with 2.6 carbs. You know what the perfect time for Michelob Ultra is? Little doubleheader, little NBA doubleheader. Right a first half of the first game. I don't know, West Coast time. That's usually about five o'clock, five thirty. Perfect time for a beer. You can do it. Grab a pack to enjoy today. Learn more and enter for your chance to win at miclobeultra.com slash courtside LDA twenty-one and up. We're also brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network. Put up a new rewatchables on Monday night. Van Lathan and I, we did the edge. 25th anniversary last month, Alec Baldwin, Sir Anthony Hopkins, and a bear. And they're in the wilderness and it's fucking awesome. I love the edge. It's really good. I had a lot of fun doing that podcast. Also, I had a really great Would You Rather Be Killed by a Bear or a Shark debate that I think really set the standard for podcasts going forward. I was excited about that. Next week on the Rewatchable, starting on Monday night, we have a gimmick month. It is a gimmick. You're not going to guess. I'm just telling you now. You won't guess it. I think you'll like it. It is way, way out there. So that is coming up in November. The Prestige TV podcast. Been on, not a total hiatus because we've been doing Atlanta there. We've done a couple shows, but it is about to ramp up big time. We got White Lotus coming back on I think this Sunday. Yeah, I've watched the first two episodes. Joanna Robinson and I are going to be breaking down White Lotus On Prestige TV, every Sunday night you can get on there, and then we have a a bunch of other good shows that are coming out uh, next couple months too. So check out the Prestige TV podcast. You can also check out our local pods, including Off the Pike with Brian Barrett, Boston Pod, The Full Go with Jason Goff, Chicago Pod. Guess which pod was happy and guess which pod was sad coming off that uh, Monday Night game. Listen, I've been here this whole time for the Belichick era, and that was, I think, one of like the six or seven strangest games of the entire era. You know, I think of like just off the top of my head, the win game in Buffalo that has to be up there. There was that game when Jonas Gray ran for like 230 yards. Uh, I think it was on a Sunday night. There was that game when Belichick went for it on fourth and two from his own 28. There was... uh the the game when they ran it up when they were mad about Spygate, I think they beat Washington like 59 to nothing. There's been some weird ones where you just kind of leave and go, wow, that was a weird one. This Monday night one was one of the weirdest because Belichick, the best coach of all time, one of the best things that's ever happened to me as a sports fan, a rare unforced error from him does this QB controversy catnip thing where he's, elusive all week about who's going to start Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi and then by the time we get to game time Lisa Salters is out there saying we're going to see both of them. Mac goes out, doesn't look great, throws a pick, crowd starts booing and chanting for Zappi and Zappi comes out, scores two TDs and for like five minutes it felt like the 2001 Pats were back and this was Tom Brady all over again and Mac Jones was Drew Bledsoe you know what happened. The Bears scored the rest of the points in the game. The Pats defense got obliterated. Zappi had to play from behind. He wasn't great. And now you have two quarterbacks coming off a game where neither of them played that well. You have a fan base that is now divided between Mac and Zappi, which is one of the things, first of all, when you're playing two QBs in the same game or you're basically making, you're making it a bake-off between them during the season. I don't remember this ever working in the history of the football. That that in the NFL that I've been around, I don't. There, I remember Dallas did it once. I think it was Roger Staubach and Craig Morton. I think we had RG three and Kirk Cousins that time. There was like some Steve Young Montana possibilities, but Montana always held them off. And just in general, it doesn't work because two things happen. One, the fan base is always going to ride for one or the other, which means the guy that they're not riding with is now. An adversary in a lot of ways. And you felt the last time with Mac. Mac's a good guy. I really like Rudy for Mac. Mac got booed. Mac had zappy chance yesterday. How is that good? He's in his second year. He's started less than 20 games. So you have that where now people are picking a side, which is never great. And on top of it, you have a day to day media controversy. I didn't want to leave the podcast talking about the Patriots. I'm doing it at the top before Pro Gym, getting it out there. But you're just, it's a self-made controversy. It's its like cleaning your room and deciding you're going to move the bed and then all of a sudden you've completely blown up your room and then you look at it and you go, oh God, I, I have to fix this before I fall asleep tonight. This is going to be the Patriots every single day now, the rest of the way, until this organically plays out, I guess. I, I don't understand why he did it. He's been around football for so long. I don't understand what the end game was. I don't know whether they thought they were just going to kill the bears so they were trying to see how comfortable mac looked but ultimately you know they knew they're going to do zappy I, I don't understand it you know i'm i'm pretty old at this point i've been following sports since the mid 70s and the one thing i've learned over the years well there's a lot of things i've learned over the years but one thing i've learned over the years is don't repeat obvious mistakes from history and this is an obvious mistake from history the qb platoon it never works it's never worked It's never had a good ending. You end up diluting the value of at least one of the guys. You end up turning the fan base against at least one of the guys. And you give the media a talking point every single day. What is the point of that? Belichick was the guy who was afraid to sign, you know, Tim Tebow. Or he signed him and didn't want to keep him because he felt like he was going to be a distraction. Like Belichick doesn't like distractions. He just wants like, just going forward. Next game, we're on to the Jets. So now you have to answer Zappy or... Matt, questions? I, I, I don't get it. I went from feeling incredibly good about the Patriots, thinking that they were a playoff team, 10 win team, not to mention they destroyed million dollar picks. I somehow did, it was going to be my first awesome kicked ass weekend. Didn't happen. That's a whole other story. Um, But I, I, I can't believe how it flipped with the Patriots. And when Zappy came in, it was like, all right, all is right in the world. Here we go. Let's do it. And now, I don't know. We have two quarterbacks, but we really have have zero because nobody has established themselves and this is going to be a soap opera and it's bizarre. It is an unforced error from Bill Belichick. I can't believe he did it. All right, moving to basketball. The one, the only, Charles Barkley. He's next. First, our friends from Pro (laughs) Jam. All right. We're taping this noon Pacific time on Tuesday. Charles Barkley's here. It's been a while for us. Uh, since the last time we talked, you signed a 50 year, $700 million deal with <laughs> Turner. You're going to be there until you're 110 years old. Congratulations.
1: Thank you very much, man. It's, it's, uh it's, it's been very cool. You know, you, you know, Bill, there's so many people who really work hard on the show, man, you get the easy part. We get to show up and yeah. do our thing. So I just want to thank, number one, Ernie, Kenny, and Shaq, but just all the people behind the scenes. You know, when when Turner came to me, they're like, okay. Because, you know, I I really don't feel like working to the day I die. I'm very strict on that. And I'm smart enough to know when I see all these old guys, I'm like, man, their bodies don't look great. Mm. And I want to be able to enjoy what I accomplished in my lifetime. I want to travel the world. You know, I'm a grandpa now, which is the greatest thing ever. So, but they asked me a favor. They said, okay, we need you to stay on because we're going to have to bid on the NBA in a couple of years. And I said, you know what? You guys have been great to me for 21 years. I'll stay a couple more years. So I think it worked out great for everybody, to be honest with you, but I'm very happy.
0: Can I just tell you, I never thought for a second you were going anywhere. I used to laugh when I would see the stories. Where you'd be like, This is it. This could be my last year. Like, you're not going anywhere. You love this. This is great. Plus, you love money.
1: Uh, Well, I got plenty of money, Bill. I did. This is not my <laughs> first job. You can never have enough money. Uh, good point. But, you know, like I say, I say this and I mean this sincerely. I played in the NBA for 16 years. I've been on television store my 22nd year. If I don't have enough money by now, I'm the biggest moron <laughs> in the history of civilization. But like I say, man, I can't even believe this. I'm almost—I'll be sixty in a few months. It's crazy. I, I can't believe you've
0: been out of the league. This is the twenty-third year you've been out of the league.
1: Yeah, uh, what's crazy? I just saw Doctor J, who's been amazed to me. When I got to the NBA in 1985 him and Moses and Maurice Cheeks and Bobby Jones were like 35 and we called him grandpa. Right. We made fun of them because they were like the old guys at 35. Now I'm like 59. I'm like, holy smoly. So, but like I said earlier, man, I'm, I'm not going to drop dead on television. I want to be, In Italy, Spain, France, South Africa, somewhere, enjoying life because you know I've been on a roller coaster a long time, Bill. I've been on a roller coaster since I I was eighteen. But the most important thing is for me was to help Turner out because they've been great to me, man. I'm gonna go my whole life without having a real job thanks to that that (laughs) stupid little thanks to that stupid little ball and people turn on their television. So it's been great.
0: Well, you're always destined to do it. You were the you were the easiest guest ever to be good at either broadcasting or studio. Because I always feel like if the interview, if the guys are good in the interview, it's usually going to translate. And you were always a great soundbite. You were great at interacting with people. It was just so clear that you were meant to do it. But sometimes, you know, you flirted with maybe being behind the scenes. Like I saw the Suns are coming up again. I wouldn't wouldn't be surprised if you're getting floated around in one of the 19 groups that are uh, going after this team.
1: Well, you know, the problem is there. my phone has been blowing up, but I'm telling them like, guys, I am very well paid, but I don't have four billion dollars just sitting <laughs> around because, right. you know, the, the team is probably going to go for like four billion dollars. Yeah. And yeah, I got money, but I'm not even like, like I say and, and, I, and I'm not going to waste a lot of money for five percent. So I can say I'm one of the owners of a team. I'd rather right. have that and I'd rather have that money because yeah, my ego's not like, yeah, I'm one of the owners of the sun. I got $20 million in it. I own like a percentage. So I'm like, no, nah, I'd rather have, I'd rather have the $20 million personally.
0: Well, the days of somebody being able to put in a little bit amount of money and run the team, those days are over, but that,
1: oh, that was, a, yes,
0: that was a moment. The one guy who might pull it off and I heard, I'm probably breaking some news here, but I heard Obama's involved in one of the groups and that's the one guy that I feel like they would make him the actual face and the money guys would be so happy to have him at the front that they would just be like, cool, yeah, you... you." you well, can- well, well,
1: time out. Yeah. If, Ob- if Obama called me, hell yeah, I'm buying in. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, if, if Obama calls me, if President Obama calls me and says, hey, would you be a part on our team? Hell yeah. You know, I got so much love and admiration for that All guy. All right, so you,
0: you're throwing your hat in the ring. Great. Let's... Let's talk, I don't know where to start with you with this crazy basketball season we're having. We're only a week in. Yeah. Let's start with Brooklyn. Because there was a moment, I was watching last night, they lose to uh, Memphis, and they lost like pretty convincingly. And yeah. there was a moment with, like seven minutes left, they cut to the bench, and, and Durant was just kind of staring out sadly onto the floor. And it's not like they're bad, but I also don't think they're a contender. And I think there's moves that need to be made. And I think they made this Ben Simmons bet that, you know, they're saying he's rusty. Well, it's like, we don't even know if this guy is competitive enough to handle a hundred game season. I saw in his eyes, maybe I'm overreacting, but this is what I do for a living. I saw in his eyes, like kind of a resignation. Like we're not quite there and we're probably not getting there. What do you see when you watch that team?
1: Uh, They could win the championship or they could get their, get a new coach by Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's, one of the, it's one of the most fascinating things that I've seen in my 30, 40 years in the NBA, basically. Like, if they won the championship, I wouldn't be surprised. If they got their coach fired by Christmas, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> it's, it's like one of those train wrecks that you like, oh, I got to watch this. Yeah. Because they got three of the most interesting personalities we've ever had on the same team. And you have zero idea what you're going to get night in, night out. From so any it, of them. Well, I guess the rant's
0: the most reliable. Kyrie, I have no idea. Ben Simmons, but, I have no but idea. The
1: pro- but the problem with Kevin is, and, and Bill, one of the reasons, you know, we got in this great debate about bus routes and everything last year, and Kevin got all offended, which I stick by. Like, when you're the leader of a team, the, 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 the physical stuff that everybody see about, but the mental tough where well, you have to be the psychologist for every player on your team. You have to be the uh, you have to be the buffer between the coach and the players. That mental stress is what Kevin has never proven to me that he can handle. Yeah. So and this is probably the most mental stress he's ever been under cuz he has zero idea what what uh, Kyrie's going to do. He got zero idea what Ben Simmons is going to do. And and to be honest with you The whole thing with Steve Nash is a fascinating, like, I don't know if he's got the personality because you got three, I won't even call them alpha males. I call them alpha, alpha, alpha males. And Steve Nash is a really good guy. I don't know if he's going to be able to handle those guys, to be honest with you. Did you just call Ben Simmons an alpha male? Well, he wants to be treated like one. Right. But does that mean he's an alpha male? It doesn't mean he is. But, you know, in, in our business, when you're great at sports, you develop an ego. Yeah. First of all, guys who don't even get to play on the bench got egos. And and first of all, we all got egos, too. But Ben wants to be treated like an ego because we wouldn't be in this situation if he didn't want to be treated like that. Because you go back and look what happened. All the 76 sixers asked him to do was get better at basketball.
0: Yeah. Make some free throws.
1: Uh listen, if somebody's paying me $35 million a year, at least they can do is ask me to get better at my job. And instead of accepting the challenge, he says, no, I'm taking my bat and ball and go home. And that to me tells me he thinks he's an ult- uh, like, I'm Ben Simmons. You can't tell me to get better at basketball. Yeah. Well, yes, we can. We're paying you $35 million, And you're not where you need to be as a basketball player. But your first response is, nah, screw y'all. I don't want to be here.
0: Or you don't like me. Yeah, yeah. you're against me. It's like, nah, nah, we just want you to be better.
1: Hey, hey, listen, he's lucky. He's lucky he's playing today. Back in my day, we had coaches who would fist fight you if you didn't do what they tell them to do. (laughs) Right. And he would have got his ass kicked a lot. Hey, I remember Billy Billy Cunningham, uh, who's a great mentor and a great friend today, the Sixers owner wanted me to start starting. The Sixers owner, behind his back, traded Mark Alvarone before a game. I remember mm. this vividly. We were getting ready to play the Chicago Bulls. We get on the bus, coach is late, and we're like, "What the hell?" And Billy was never late. Billy would leave anybody. Billy, Billy would leave his mom, and she's not on time, so Billy's late. And this is like my rookie year. Obviously, we get there. Billy comes on. We get to the game. And Billy says, yeah, guys, we just traded Mark Alvarone. Because the owner wanted me to get to play. Billy comes and grabs me and says, you're not fucking playing until you get your ass in shape. Hmm. You're not going to play. And he said, Sam, you're starting. Sam hadn't played all year, Bill. And he says, what? He says, you're starting. And Billy says, I'm not starting this fat-ass guy until he gets his ass in shape. That's the way players coached in my day. Yeah. And I hate to be the old get-off-my-lawn guy, but for, for Doc Rivers and those guys to tell Ben, like, yo, man, you got to get better at basketball for him to get pissed, that tells him he thinks he's an alpha male.
0: Was that the same owner that traded Moses Malone and then traded Brad Doherty for Roy Henson?
1: Hey man, it's too soon. Uh, you know, <laughs> hey, 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 thirty-six years is too soon. You know, Bill, that <laughs> you could have just
0: taken Brad Doherty. How about that run, idea? Just keep Moses, take Brad Doherty, and then you get to play with both of them.
1: Well, the good thing about it, I thought, I, I, so Moses changed my career when he made me lose fifty pounds. I thought yeah. he would be great, a great mentor and a great backup to Brad Doherty. So I'll tell you this story. There's a re- reporter in Philly called. Uh, damn, uh, I forget his name actually. Stan's uh, something. Great reporter. Phil Jasner is his name. Sorry. Yeah. Great reporter. So we went out celebrating the night before the draft, me and several teammates. And we're like, guys, we're going to have a good team. We're going to have Brad Daugherty. Moses is going to mentor him. I'm, I am I think I made my first all-star team like that year. I'm like becoming a, a star. Oh, you're a beast that year. Yeah, but I'm thinking like, yo man, we're going to be, a, I got a good team for the next 10 years. I get home about 3 some in the morning. My phone rings about 6 in the morning. <laughs> and it's Phil. He's a Phil. He's a Charles. I said, Phil, why are you calling me, man? We've been out celebrating all night. He said, well, stop celebrating. I said, oh, what happened? He says, the Sixers just traded the number one pick in the draft. And I said to him verbatim, The Sixers are not that stupid. He says, Yeah. I said, Phil. let me sober up. Take a shower and I'll call you back in 15 minutes. I called him back about 15 minutes later. I said, now tell me what's going on. He says, well, you want the good news or the bad news? I said, well, it can't be any worse. He said, no, you want the bad news or the worst news? And I said, is something worse than trading the number one pick in the draft? He says, Mm. And you guys traded Moses to DC for Jeff Ruland. Uh, Jeff Ruland didn't even play last year. He's just, and I never yeah. asked to play. He's, I he's
0: coming him. back from a back injury. He'll be fired. Uh,
1: yeah, and, and I never played with Jeff. Yeah. Because he he never played again. And I says, Are you telling me these nitwits in Philly traded the number one pick in a draft to Cleveland for Roy Henson, who's a good player? And then not only did that make it worse, you traded Moses. They're like, yeah. And I called the Sixers. I said, hey, is this true? And that from, from that point on, we were no good in Philly, man. It, it it ruined my entire Philly career. Well,
0: and Andrew Tony getting hurt was the other piece. Because he, he, he should have had another. Yeah, he was already hurt by them. But, but that should have been another hurt. seven years with yeah.
1: him. Yeah. But, man, trading Brad it screwed up my entire Philadelphia career.
0: Yeah, that's a tough one. Can we go back to what you said about Durant? about? Um, about the accountability and responsibility of being a leader. Because to me, it's like, when you're the best guy, you're also responsible for setting the culture, all these different things. We just saw it with Steph, right? Yeah, That Draymond thing, which was about as dangerous as a situation a team can have that just won the title, right? The pride itself on chemistry, how everybody plays together, gets along. You have one of the leaders on the team just hauls off and punches the young guy who's about to get a contract extension. And you've got to navigate that a certain way, right? Yes. I, Steph, seven years ago, I'm not positive how he handles it, but I think you could see, like there's a, especially after the fourth title, there's a confidence. It's his city. It's his arena. Mm-hmm. It's his organization. It's his team. Ultimately, everything's going to stop with him. And I'm guessing it was his decision to not overreact with the Draymond thing, not have a huge suspension, let him be there for ring night, And then kind of played out, but it's also going to be his decision if he feels like it's not working. Right. Am I giving him too much credit?
1: No, I think they are gonna have to make a decision at some point. I think they were kind of caught between a rock and a hard place with the ring ceremony. Yeah. I think that was the big thing that people not talk about. I think he had to be there for ring night, but I think it's clear that the, 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 the war is going to go young, which is scary to me because I've said this before. Bob Myers, uh, R.C. Buford and Sam Preston, they've been doing a fabulous job. They've been the best GMs in the league for the last 10, 15 years or earlier. But what Bob Myers has done the last 10 years, because yeah. obviously, because I'm a big Kaminga fan. Me too. And Wiseman. But to go, don't forget, he got Poole and Moody, which are steals. Well, the Wiggins and, trade
0: uh, is the coup de grace of all that. I mean, yes, that was yes, an unbelievable yes. trade.
1: And if if Wiseman and Comigo can play, they're going to be favored to win the next two or three championships or yep. have a chance. It's going to come down to those young guys, and th- they they clearly have made their decision that we resigned Wiggins, we resigned Poole, Draymond's got this year and maybe next year if they don't move him, and but they're going to go young. But you know, and he kn- and your- he
0: knows it, which I think was part of the issue.
1: Yes. But you know what uh Bill, nobody owes us a lifetime deal. They pay you for what you did. I mean yeah. Draymond's making thirty million dollars. that's like they don't have to say, well, you're past your prime and we won four champions. We're gonna pay you for the next five years just because of what you done. It doesn't work like that, yeah, but to get back to your original question, when you're the best player in the leader, you're putting out you're like the little guy at <laughs> the dyke, you're putting out fires all the time. And you got to play great. Yeah. That's the responsibility. That's why they pay in 99.9% of the time. That's why they pay you the most money. That's why you get all the commercials and you get all the credit. The negative of that is you get all the blame. And that's just the way this thing works. But the mental stress to go out and play great every single night and be an amateur psychiatrist that's what separate guys at this league uh, from the, on the when you start talking about the all time greats, and uh, and Kevin has got to accept that responsibility, and he I know he doesn't want it, but that you don't get the you don't get to pick and choose,
0: right? And you could see it last year with the Kyrie thing too. I'm going to keep going on this, but we got to take a break. The NBA season is underway. The perfect time to download FanDuel is right now. It's America's number one sports book. They have a no sweat first bet for new customers up to $1,000 plus FanDuel, the only sports book that's giving all customers three months of NBA League pass when they make a $5 bet on the NBA. For instance, if you love the Warriors tonight over the Suns, grab the Warriors. Maybe. Maybe do a little curry, the over on like three and a half threes, something like that. Then throw in like Wigan, six plus rebounds. Put that together as the same game parlay. You're ready to go. Fandle has all your favorite bets. They have money lines, same game parlays. I just mentioned point spreads, player props. With live betting, you'll get updated odds on games that have already started. Fandle Sportsbook app is safe, scare, super easy to use. Download Fandle today. Use promo code BS to get your first, no sweat, first bet up to $1,000. Make every moment more this season with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Must be 21 plus present in select states. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non matureable. Free bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer partner of the NBA. It's just what you need to sit back and enjoy the game. And they're also getting fans closer to the game than ever. And enter for your chance to win at com slash Courtside, LDA, 21 and up. So you're talking about the responsibility of a leader. So you go to the Suns, the 92-93 season. Kind of a hodgepodge team, right? You're going in. It's kind of Kevin Johnson's team, but you're better than Kevin Johnson.
1: You got no, Oliver it's Miller. Adult, no, no. So when I got there, um, I remember when I got there, I was sitting down with the owner and Cotton Fitzsimmons. And they says, okay, now this is Kevin Townsend. I says, no, it's not Kevin's team anymore. It's my team. I says, I'm the best player here. Yeah. And they're like, I says, hey, I, I want Kevin to play great. I want Marley to play great. Mark West. I want everybody to play great. But let me tell you something. I came here and we're going to the finals. Yeah. I said, we're going to the finals. He said, How do you know that? I said, because I think I'm the best damn player in the world. I says, Michael Jordan just better than me because he got better players. I'm playing with Bombs in Philly. I says, I'm going to the finals. I guarantee you guys that. And I says, you boys better get on my back. When I got there, got there I say, Kev, you do your thing. Dan, you do your thing. I know the game at some point, it's going to come to me. Yeah, It's, it's going to come to me, and I'm going to deliver. So, it like I say, I, I when I got there.
0: You I, wanted I, it. You I, wanted I, the I, responsibility, the challenge, the whole thing.
1: But, it, but that goes with being the best player I said, hey Dan's a hell of a player him and Kevin but I said they're not they're, they're not on my level no disrespect I said this is my team when I walk through that door but I don't have to go around telling people that my action' gonna my play is gonna is gonna prove that out Yeah. because I, I never understand I see these fools complaining about whose team it is and things like that everybody knows who team is it yeah you you just want some help. I said, well, if you're worried about, I said, it, it'll it'll, flow, it'll come out on the watch who team it is. You know, uh, you know, you you go back and I watch Kobe and Shaq. I'm like, well, they arguing who team it is. I says, well, at some point, Kareem turned it over to Magic. Yeah, and and that's probably the Lakers' biggest problem now. I said this on the show the other night. At some point, LeBron's going to have to say, "Ad, damn, I'm a hundred years old. It's about time for you to be the best player." <laughs> You're in your prime. You should be, because I said about five or six years ago, I said, that dude there's going to be the best player in the world for the next 10 years. And he's not even in the conversation anymore. Giannis is the best player in the world right now.
0: I, I've given way. up. I've given up on the AD having that possibility anymore. I think it's too late. I think he's had too many injuries and I actually don't think he's gotten, I don't feel like he's gotten better. I feel like he peaked well, in 2018
1: on I that don't New Orleans he, team. I don't think he has that Killer instinct. Like, you have to have a thing like, I'm going to kick your ass. And there's nothing you can do about it. And that's one of the cool things about being a great player. Yeah. 99.9% of the time you step on the court, you're the best player out there. Like, in today's game, if you're Steph Curry, you're the best player at 99 point unless you're playing against LeBron or Giannis, but you're still the second best player out there. And you want to put on a show. But you have to have an, a, 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 a mindset like, I'm here to put on a show too. Yeah. I want everybody I want everybody to know I'm the baddest MF out here right now. That's a, that, But but that's where that little killer instinct come in. Like, I want these people in Sacramento to know I'm the man when I come to town. When we go to Seattle, I know y'all got Gary Payton and Sean Kemp. But no, 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 them brothers ain't on my level. So that's the responsibility. Like, when I got to see a great player, I couldn't wait to get to the arena. that I was like, y'all think this guy's great. I'm going to show y'all some shit out here tonight that y'all can't handle. And and like, because part of being a great player, you got to have an ego. You got to yeah. have an ego. It, everybody who's great at some has an ego. Well,
0: that was like when Bird in his peak the West Coast trip because he only got to play those cities once and they all had a bunch of forwards that couldn't guard him. Yeah. And the whole trip, he's like, I'm I'm lighting it up for two weeks. Jordan oh. was the same way. Like, this is my one chance to go through the West Coast and basically lay the smack
1: down on an entire yes. coast. And 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 the same thing when the Lakers came east, when Magic and, and those guys yep. came east. You're like, we want everybody to know we're the Lakers. And like yeah. every time the Lakers came to town in Philadelphia, it was like Man, these dudes trying to kill us. They want everybody to know they're the Lakers, and but that, that's part of responsibility when you're great at something.
0: I knew we were in trouble with Davis last year when he put on all that weight. He put on the muscle, and it's like, why are you changing who you are? We already we saw you in the bubble. You were dominant. You had a chance that you were flirting with like borderline pantheon stuff, and then he sucked in the last game. But then you go back to the New Orleans. Everything's above the rim. Yeah, everything is playing off Rondo and, and just everything is attack the rim, attack the rim. And then his little like 10 foot game. When I see him, like I went to the game Thursday night, he's just perfectly happy to just chuck up a 20 footer Yeah, and not, yeah, you know, and not try to take advantage of like, he's got these McHale arms and he's got drop steps. He's got all these things he can do. And it, it doesn't seem like he wants to tap into it sometimes.
1: Well, I think the one thing that surprises me and shocks me is that he's around one of, he's around LeBron and LeBron talks about he spends a million dollars on his body a year. Yeah. And like, yo, man, you're going to get to play with that dude? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm going to learn. I'm going to be like a sponge to LeBron. I'm like, yo, man, whatever he's doing, because no disrespect, I don't think AD's going to be in the league at 40 like LeBron is after 20 years. Cause, you know, he's been injured so much. But if yeah. I, I played with a guy like LeBron, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do what he does. Whatever he has for breakfast, I'm eating it. Whatever he has for lunch, I'm doing it. Whatever he has for dinner. If he's got, if he going to lift weights, hey, man, can I tag along with you? I mean, that's what I would well, do. That's what part of disappoints me.
0: Yeah, that was the redeem team, Doc. They had that part about when Kobe shows up and the young guys like Carmelo and LeBron and Wade, and they were coming back from the club and <laughs> Kobe was going to work out at like 530 in the morning. Yeah. And they were like, wait, what's going on? And by Friday, they were working out with him. And then, you know, they go through that experience. They go to the next season. LeBron wins the MVP. Wade has the best season he's ever had. Yeah. Carmelo almost makes the finals. And it was all because by osmosis, they were around that. I felt like that was happening for Davis the first year, the first full year he had with them. But now I, I don't know. And it, it seems like the way you, you were pretty good about what you talked about with Westbrook, although I think Westbrook gets some of the blame because he it's what the money's for. Like he opted in. He knew it was a bad situation. He took oh. it. But I do think he's been scapegoated with those guys. They've tried to trade him all summer. Everyone knows LeBron is going to stamp any sort of trade that's going to happen. They picked him. They were the ones that wanted to trade for him. And it's, one, it's definitely the whole thing is one of the weirdest NBA situations we've had in a while.
1: Well, the last two years, you know, last year was Russ and Frank Vogel.
0: Right. How was that Frank uh, uh, Vogel's fault?
1: I know. I mean he was wait, <laughs> oh, he won a championship a couple of years ago. But yeah. He, uh, unfortunately, Bill, we're in a situation now where somebody has to take the blame. Yes. It's really sad and unfortunate, but that's just how it is now. And Russell is the scapegoat. It's funny, <laughs> none of those guys on that team can shoot, but you only hear about Russell because that's the narrative now.
0: Yeah, Patrick Beverly's throwing up grenades. Those things are like this <laughs> is these are yeah. hit the side of the oh, backboard. So is
1: Lo- so is Lonnie Walker.
0: Well, he could he could never yeah. shoot. Why they even but, side? But, him? but you
1: never hear about that. Yeah, you know I think the Lakers they've been ten for fifty, like three games in a row that they've lost. I'm like, yeah, Russell didn't shoot the other forty, did he? <laughs> you know, but that's all that. That's the only narrative.
0: Well, so how does it how does it play out then? What do they do with it? Because to me it seems like it's heading toward leave of absence, Russ is going to take a week off to, and then we'll just never see him again. And they'll trade him in like February. And I think, I think Utah is going to be the team they trade him to.
1: Well, I think first of all, you got to do something because there's too much distraction. First of all, I feel bad. They unbroke his spirit. They did. Russ, uh, Russ, I said the first time, I said, man, I feel bad for Russ. They unbroke his spirit because he don't play the same. He don't have the same joy. And you can just see it in his, in his thing. He like, he don't have the same joy anymore. But you know what? They got to move on. Whether they send him home and pay him. You know, the Rockets did that with John Wall last year.
0: You can't you, do that, though, because you... Well, you could do that, but you you have to turn him into an asset, because I think they made that deal with LeBron, right? If you yes. do this extension, but, 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 we will but, but, trade but, Westbrook.
1: But, but you you can't give up a lot to get him.
0: No, but they're good. they have the 27 and 29 first, which everybody wants because they're one of the most you know erratic organizations in the league, so you want their picks. You know you want to trade with the Kings, you want to trade with the Lakers. There's certain teams. Yeah, but you just uh, want but their picks.
1: I agree, but like if you're one of those other teams, like well, Russ is gone after this year. Yeah, I'm not give, I'm not gonna give you anything. I'm gonna give you junk. I mean, they because they, yeah, of course they want those picks. But if no, you, but uh,
0: wait, there's, there's the Wimbanyama piece to it, though. If these teams, yeah, Wembenyama well, and Scoot, him.
1: they don't even have their pick next year.
0: The Lakers don't. No, but I'm saying if you're Utah, you're almost trying to make your own team worse this year because it gives you a better chance to get those guys right. You watch Utah, they have like professional basketball
1: players. You probably shouldn't start 3-0 and if you're trying to tank.
0: Well, that's the thing. So you, Danny Anchester has to like throw his body in front of me. It's like, oh my God, yeah. Jordan and Kelly Olenek, what have I done? These yeah, guys are playing like, too well.
1: Yeah, I was like, Wait, uh, it's two teams of three and oh, The Blazers and and the, and the Utah. They're like, what are y'all doing? Should not y'all be tanking right now?
0: Well, but, have you watched the Blazers? I
1: I, well, I, I, I thought saw, they were
0: gonna suck, and they don't. They're at, Dame looks like he's back. They have they have speed and wings.
1: Well, you know, I I thought they would suck too, but man, Dame is just a hell of a player, mm-hmm. and I think it. You know, he's doing what he's doing. See, that's the thing. If your best player won't let you tank. You can't tank. When Dame's out there dropping 40 and playing hard, the rest of the guys got no choice. They're like, yeah. damn, Dame ain't taking." Right. <laughs> and so so I don't know how this thing going to turn out for them, to be honest with you. we got a long season. I don't overreact after three games. But as long as Dame is playing, they're going to be competitive. Well, here's
0: – I thought they were going to suck. I thought the Kings would be that kind of sneaky team. And then you watch the Blazers. Yeah, what was I thinking with the Kings? I should have known. They're the Kings. I
1: should have known. You know, Bill, I was really shocked. I watched the score that first game the Kings played. I'm like, this is a game they got to win.
0: Right. And they blew it, crunch time.
1: And they blew it. And I says, oh, man, these might be the same old Kings. I was like, that's a game you got to win. Like, people are like, okay. The Kings, this is, because well, cause I've been wrong like 12 years in a row saying this is the year they're going to make the playoffs. Right, And this year I'm like, okay, they got a new coach in there. Mike, Mike's a good coach. Uh, I like the uh, the Keegan kid. I said, Keegan's I good. Like, I do. I like Keegan. And then they come out the first game at home and the season open and lose. I know. I, and I was
0: like. I'm not giving up on him yet, but it was. This league comes down a lot of times to it's a dick swinging contest between the two crunch time guys, right? And Portland, they beat Sacramento. They have Dame. Portland in that Lakers game, they have Dame. And you know know,
1: that's that's a game you got to win. I agree. You got to win that game because when the season first started, there's always optimism. I tell people that's why you can't go by last year in any sport because we as players. We always think we got a good team to start the season. You don't realize your team sucks until you start sucking. I said, mm. and I tell people all the time. I said, I know that sounds stupid, but even when I was on teams in Philly that sucked, I didn't know they sucked the halfway through the season. Cause I, say, cause I was saying, because I was <laughs> saying from an ego standpoint, I'm like, I'm a great player. We're gonna win some games, and then halfway through the season, you're five hundred. I'm like, man, we don't even have we don't have a good team. So that's why you have to be really scary at the mm. uh, at the beginning of the season saying cuz all your all your ideas about a team is going back to what happened last year. Yeah. And last year has nothing to do with this year.
0: Well, I look at uh you know like the Sacramento situation. All the pieces are in place and you go through the teams, the swing teams that could go either way and it's like does Fox have it or not? Like we've been with Fox now for 5 years. Does he have it? Can he go toe-to-toe with, like, Mitchell in a close game? Or, Dame people like that. Or is he, like, that one level below? And well, that's my fear with them.
1: Well, I'm disappointed in him. I thought by now he'd be an all-star. I did a commercial with him probably close to 10 years ago. But they want to know, like, we're going to make him the next face, face of your shoes. I'm like, oh, yeah. I love that kid. I think he's gonna be a great player. And ten years later, probably, this is probably seven, eight years later. Probably like we never even mentioned him anymore. Yeah. And I'm like, Yo, man, what the hell going on? I'm not, well, I damn Sacramento. I don't know what's happening, but ten years, I think it's probably seven, eight, somewhere in there. I was like, I would love for this kid to be the new next face face of my shoes because I think he's gonna be a star. And now all these years later, I'm like, what the hell going on?
0: You know, one thing I was thinking, and I think the last time this happened was kind of your peak. The league is so freaking deep now. They have so many good players. I, you watch opening night and even the the crappy teams, like the Eastern Conference teams that always suck, right? Orlando and Detroit, Washington. They have good players. You look around and you're like, oh, Bradley Beal's on this team. Bancaro and Franz Wagner on this team and, you know, we had these, we had a dip in the mid-2000s, especially where people were making all-star teams. you are like, that guy made the all-star team? Or this guy's a third-team NBA? Now I feel like we have depth with the stars. So maybe it's harder for somebody like Fox to stand up.
1: Yeah, but the team should be doing better because how many years in a row? It's probably 10, 15 years in a row they've been in the lottery, correct?
0: Would do 2006?
1: Uh, I mean, six, so. This six,
0: six, six, is year 17.
1: And so, and, and see that tell me they don't know what they're doing, Bill. Because I would say that's fair. No, because no, I tell people it's not just basketball in every sport. Yeah, I tell people if if you if you suck all the time, you have people who don't know what they're doing because sports have sports does one thing differently than any other occupation in the world. I mean, you think about this: if you go to law school, if you're the best lawyer, you're gonna go to the biggest firm. If you're the best doctor. You're going to go to the best hospital and get a great job. Sports is the only profession in the world. They say, you know what you suck, but you know what we're going to do. We're going to let you pick first out of all the new guys coming in. Every person going to be like, Oh, that's fair. You should at least be getting good players. You, I tell people like if, If you get to pick anywhere early in a draft, you might not be getting LeBron or Kobe or Michael Jordan. But if somebody give you all the data every year and say, you get to go first, you should be getting better as a team.
0: Right. You know what it's like if you and I were playing blackjack every weekend in Vegas and losing, and then Vegas said to us, you know what? We feel bad we're gonna let you hit until you get to 25. <laughs> Everyone else get 21, you get 25. We're like, great, this is a huge advantage for us. And then we uh, still lose for another 12 years.
1: Yeah. It's, it's to, us, it's <laughs> us. Yeah. At some point it's, it's like, I can't even win with the, when it's 25. Yeah, I, so so it just shows you how in a lot of these sports teams, and it's, it's across the board Yeah. in every sport, I'm like, wait a minute, man, we let you pick first in football, we let you pick fifth in football, You can, we let you go number five or seven or 10. You can find a guy who should, first of all, every first round draft pick should be a starter, in my opinion. Yeah. It should be at least be a starter. Like I say, he don't have to be an all star. Well, if you're picking in the top 10 to 15, the guy should at least be an all star one or two years. But if you're picking guys in the first round and in football and other sports, the second round and third rounds should be guys who are serviceable and, and right good who player. can at least play.
0: Yeah, yes. I'm with you. I would say for, for NBA like top ten pick, that guy should at least be an above average starter or you've oh, done a e- bad job. Easily. Yeah. That's like, easily. I'm I'm
1: being nice. Yes, you are being nice.
0: But that but what we see with the NBA is th- they'll take swings at the potential guys, right? And sometimes it works out. Like I think yeah. Sharp on Portland I'm intrigued by him. Yeah.
1: But that's also, know, we've seen but, it go but, the other
0: way where that guy's out of the league in three years.
1: But 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 that's because these, they hire these guys, they're, these analytical guys. Oh, yeah. And to me, people think I hate analytics. And I says, I don't hate, I said, well, I kind of do hate analytics. <laughs> but the reason I hate analytics, you can't build your th- team through analytics. If you go back and look at the last 30 years, name me a team that won other than the Pistons that didn't have a top 20 player on their team when they won. Right. So I hate when these guys, you can't build your team through numbers.
0: Well, you can't build a culture through numbers is the bigger you, thing. You and cannot. That, that, that's the thing everybody misses with basketball. And I want to, let's take a break because I want to talk about Philly, but the culture thing is so important with the Philly conversation. But quick break. This episode is brought to you by simply safe summer is all about fun vacations, but I know that being away from home could be stressful. So many things can happen. That's why I like to recommend simply safe award winning security that can help give you peace of mind when you're away. The only thing you should worry about while you're on vacation is having too much fun. I have it in my home. It's great. Couldn't work better. I think simply safe is the best because it comes with a variety of indoor and outdoor cameras, sensors to detect break-ins, fires, floods, and more. It's backed by 24 7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. It's given me, my family, many others, real peace of mind. I'm waiting to have it too. Try it out. A 60 day money back guarantee. No contracts right now. Get 20% off any Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring at slash BS. That is simply safe with two eyes. slash BS. There's no safe like Simply Safe. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. I understand that some things you just want to keep private. Maybe it's something you don't want anyone to know, or maybe you think it's something minor, so why bother? But if you keep everything bottled up, if you let those emotions sit there and fester, it could be really, really bad for you. Sometimes it depends on what kind of family you're from. Like my dad's family is one of those. They bottle everything up, bottle everything up, and then they all just get mad at each other. Listen, talking things through is more helpful than you think. If you want a safe space for that conversation. I recommend some therapy. Think about the things you can get out of therapy. First of all, a sounding board. You can learn better coping skills. You can learn how to set some boundaries, maybe how to empower yourself a little better day to day. And if you want to give therapy a try, well, I have an answer. BetterHelp, help a convenient and flexible way since it's entirely online right now. It's easy to get started too. You can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Bill Simmons today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Bill Simmons. You guys were hard on Embiid last year. Yes. Which I thought was one of the better TV segments because I think one of the reasons I love your show and a lot of people love your show is when you criticize people, for the most part, it comes out of love of basketball. And you guys who have seen it all as great players, and then how you feel other people are handling either the opportunity they've been given, the talent they've been blessed with, all of these things, and whether they're reaching their potential with it, and however that goes. So when you guys were hard on Embiid, it was fair, and it was interesting to hear him react to that. I look at this Philly situation, you mentioned the process before the break, um, you start, you're just collecting assets, you have. there's no rhyme or reason to it. It doesn't matter if you win or lose. And this goes on for five, six, seven years, right? And then everybody's like a soccer mom in an eight-year-old game where everybody's doing great. It's fine. It's fine. It's good. Yeah. And Embiid becomes the product of that whole thing, right? So last year, I feel like, oh, he finally get it. Like he he had a chance to win the MVP. He was in shape. He was awesome. And then this year you watch. And I don't, look, he said he had planner for Stratus in the off season. We never heard that until this week. Doesn't look like he's in shape to me. Didn't look like he was in shape at the Celtics game. Didn't look like he was in shape over the weekend. Doesn't seem like he's happy with Harden. We've had guys try to exit that situation like Simmons did. And to me, it's just, it goes back to the culture. And it's like 10 years of this culture of everything looking great on paper versus what it takes to actually have a great team. What do you see when you see the Sixers?
1: Well, I I said right away, the first night, the Sixers in trouble. I said, say, Ernest. Is after one game, I said, yeah, they're in trouble. I said, Ernie, this looks. All we did was watch James Harden dribble and go one on one, and then we put the stat up. He dribbled 585 times. I was like, that's not basketball. I said, I said, first of all, and Doc Rivers actually said it. We had him uh, again. He says we got to establish Joel Embiid. That's you Yo, mean no the kidding. best play? I said, you mean the best player on your team? No shit. I said. <laughs> it, 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 if what James, I says, James, we got to get Joel Embiid going because he's the one who gets the double. He gets Tobias going. He gets Maxi going. If you just stand out there and dribble, you're just getting James going. And he had a good game one, but like everybody else just stood around and watched him. It really hurts Maxie and Tobias Harris. And they haven't figured out how to coexist together. It Seems like they just take turns instead of just playing basketball,
0: which has never worked in basketball history.
1: It's never gonna work. I said, "Yo, man, get that ball to Joel Embiid. He's gonna score. Get foul." You know what? Me and Shaq said to him was number one, "Yo, man, why are you shooting jumpers threes if you're the, you're the best big man in the game? Nobody you're seven. Guard. You're seven foot three. Yeah, and you're the best big man in the game. Every time you shoot a jumper or a three, the guy said." Thank God, that big Mm. monster didn't come down here in the paint. And he actually listened to us and actually maybe should have won MVP. Like, yo, man, every time you shoot a three at a jumper, the defense is saying, man, we got to wait in. So he goes in the paint, dominates, dominates, almost wins MVP. And then the the Harden thing came up. If I could give him advice right now, like yo, man, screw all this other stuff. Just go out there and dominate the paint every night and let the chips fall where they may. It might not be y'all might not be good enough. But make it the the, the key to being a great player and a superstar. You got to make sure you ain't the reason y'all losing. That's the number one thing. You got to make sure like hey, yo man, I'm out here killing people, kicking ass. I'm gonna win MVP. Yeah, I'm not the reason we losing. That's what I would tell Joel. Just dominate every step Cause like I say, it's a team good enough we'll see that later in the season. But the number one thing you got to be able to say is like, hey, I'm not the reason we losing." Well, let let me give you an example. They were beating the hell out of me my last two or three years in Philly. And I finally had had enough. I said, yo, man, I'm not the damn problem here. I said, I'm not the damn problem. I said, you guys are killing me. I said, I'm out here being in the, I mean, I would think I was in the MVP like 10 years in a row. Cause I made the top five for MVP every year. I know I'm a hell of a player. I'm playing with guys who can't play dead, and I'll tell you a funny story too, Bill. I had got arrested for fighting in Milwaukee, hmm. and I went on trial that week. So I was in Milwaukee all week. Obviously, I got acquitted. The evidence was against me. Was Three dudes who were weightlifters who tried to beat me up in an alley, and I clocked one of them, and it, the fight was over. And I, that's not—I got naked because it was a snowstorm, and I was trying to improvise like the Marines. <laughs> so I got naked, except for my pants, and punched this dude. And they thought I was crazy. I was just—I thought I was going to get my ass kicked, to be honest with you. These were three, three pretty big old dudes. But once I started taking off all my clothes and getting naked and hitting this dude, they—the they, other two got away. But it was funny? We spent the whole week writing a letter to the 76ers. I was like, hey, I want I don't want to alienate the fans. They've been great to me, but we need to come up with a letter. When this trial is over, we're mailing this thing to the 76ers. I ain't never, never playing in this city again. Yeah. And I said, so we worked on this letter all week. I want to make it, I just told him like, hey, I don't want to involve the fans. You guys probably got another 2 months. I ain't never coming back there. And so I get home Friday night. I remember I was buying drinks on the plane. I got to quit it that morning. I jump on the last flight to Philly. I'm buying drinks for everybody on the plane. It was like a crappy plane. They got no big planes going from Milwaukee to Philly. <laughs> I'm I get back, I get back to my house. I had ordered a set of ping golf clubs in Phoenix like five months ago. We're gonna mail the letter Monday morning. I get a call Sunday afternoon from the sick to I've been treated. And I said, uh. where? They said, Phoenix. I says, wow. Guess these golf clubs going to come in handy. That's actually a true story. And uh, they called me Sunday afternoon. I've been traded to Phoenix. Monday morning, I was on a flight to Phoenix.
0: Well, wait, you left out the part where you're like, you traded me for Kevin Johnson? And you're like, no. And they're like, no, he's still there. We, we didn't even get Kevin Johnson to trade we traded you for 28 cents of the dollar because we're I dumbasses. See, I
1: said who did y'all trade for me this is Andrew Lang Tim Perry Tim Perry and Jeff Hornacek and, and I want to and say how many one, first round
0: picks no you, first they were round like none
1: pick. they were they like no, zero,
0: zero picks actually
1: wait uh, it was I thought it was four players was it three it was three three and I was like yeah wait I still got Kevin Johnson and Dan Marley oh we're good now <laughs> I, I I remember uh, I, wait who, uh, I remember sitting with my agent he because he's on I said who they trade me for he told me the three guys I said wait oh we're gonna make the finals I said we got I got Kevin Johnson and Dan Marley oh we're yeah. good man we're good. that's what
0: that's what Durant was trying to pull off last summer he's like can you guys do the the Hornacek, <laughs> Perry Lang trade where I go to a contender but they <laughs> keep all their best players.
1: You know it's so funny living in Phoenix. These idiots like calling me every day, saying like, uh, "What do you think?" I says, "What do you mean? What do I think?" I says, "This is what they want a lot." I says, "For Durant." Durant. I says, "They're like, yeah, they want a lot." I says, "Do they want Booker and Chris Paul?" They're like, "They're like, no, they don't want them." I says, "Well, give it to them then." <laughs> yeah. I says, "I says." Chris, Paul, Katie, and Booker. Yeah, we're filling the we're, rest. We're good. I says, with those three guys, I said, Chris going to be the leader because Chris is the best leader I've seen in NBA in a long time. I says, that takes a responsibility away from Katie where he can just play basketball. I says, guys, he says, well, they want Aiden and Bridges. And I says. And some picks. And I says, Wait a minute. Y'all ain't did that trade already? <laughs> I says, you going to be able to keep Crowder, who I like? I says, I'm trying to think who else. I says, a couple. I says, yo, man.
0: Cam Johnson.
1: Wait, we keeping Cam Johnson, too? Yeah. I, I, says, all, I says, Aiden is a good player. is a good player. Ben, KD, and they ain't KD and ain't never going to be KD. I says, y'all should have did that trade last week.
0: Where did you stand on the Celtics with Jalen for KD?
1: Let me tell you something. What there are picks the involved, too. What? That's it? <laughs> Let me tell you something. And Derek, I, wait. That's it? Give me KD and Jason Tatum for the next five to seven years. We going to win the championship.
0: See, this is where you're going to think I'm crazy. I would rather have Jalen Brown than Kevin Durant. With – if – and all the assets it would have taken to put a Jalen Brown in their trade. I love Jalen Brown. I think he's great off the, off the court, on the court, and he's uh, a great like, number two guy. He plays great with Tatum.
1: I like what you we have. You, you don't think Tatum and KD and can play together?
0: I do, but I, I liked what we had. I felt like we almost won the title last year. We weren't even ready to win the title. So that Curry, was a
1: fluke. You got to build. That's bill. fine. Field. Curry, was a, Cur- if Curry doesn't go to
0: another level in the fourth quarter, I know it's a fluke. Yeah. Middleton got hurt. I get
1: it. Thank you. You, you uh, you're not gonna beat Middleton with. The, so they took no, the we're seven not. games without Middleton. So yes. I think that was a little bit of fool's goal. It, to be honest it, with you, it might have been. It might have been. But but you know what? Uh, Jalen's a hell of a player. But I don't know if he's ever gonna be on KD's level.
0: I just my question with KD is. And I genuinely like KD. I've spent time with KD. I've done podcasts with him. I really genuinely like him. Why isn't he ever happy?
1: I That's call the him part Mr. I don't get. I call him Mr. Miserable. What? Like, he's a great player. I. You know what's so funny you said that? Everybody likes KD. Everybody. He's a great but, guy. But he's
0: always miserable. I just don't understand why he was miserable in Golden State. And I get all I the reasons, what, right? It's Curry's team. all What about
1: Oklahoma City?
0: Well, that, he's playing with Russ. I get that part. I think you could only play with Russ for so many years before you start losing your money. Well,
1: he, but he owned the whole state. I get it. He wanted to, no, he he'd never been anywhere. You get this. Yeah, you but you're but I'm from you, Alabama. But I'm telling you something, the, the love that they have for that kid in Oklahoma City, you know, maybe you do something with Russ down the line They've never loved a player like they love KD. I mean, remember he was crying yeah, at the press conference and everything? I mean, tough. but Yeah, but man, I don't understand why he's always unhappy.
0: I don't get, because the first time we did, like we spent real time with him during that first Warriors season, he was the happiest. He was like, I, this is how I think basketball should be played. I can't believe how much fun I'm having, all that stuff. And then it flipped.
1: To me... That makes me think something else is going on, because that team probably they probably have two or three more championships by now, I know I mean they, they were they were unbeatable.
0: no, I think we know what was going on. I think he felt like he was the best player on the team that won the title, but it was still Steph's team, and at some point you kind of want to be like, I want my own team, I want to prove I can yeah, do yeah, this yeah see but that's my lead to, guy
1: yeah, 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 but that goes back to my point. everybody say they want that shit, Bill until they get it. Until they get it. Like, everybody's not a number one guy can handle the mental pressure. Uh, and the, the, the mental pressure. Like, Charles didn't win the championship. KD. Remember, they said the same shit about Michael Jordan. Did you just he go was,
0: third person on
1: yourself? No, no, no. No, no, no. I'm just saying. That's the way this thing worked. Hey, dude, I'm, I'm with Michael Jordan in his prime. They're like, oh, he's a great, great player, but he can't win. Every great player in the beginning, they make you a great player. Then they changed the rules. Oh, he's a great player, but he can't win. Yeah. They think, that happened to LeBron. Right. Remember? Like, oh, he's great. He's great. Oh, he can't win. And LeBron is the person who changed the entire narrative. He's like, oh, well, let me go somewhere where I can win. That's the reason I, always, I don't compare him to Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan says, "That's a wall over there. I'm coming through that wall. I'm coming through the damn Pistons. I'm coming through the Celtics, I'm coming through the Pistons, I'm coming through Magic Johnson. That's why I always differentiate when I try to compare LeBron to Michael. LeBron says, "Yo man, you guys are killing me on television." Like I've never given into that narrative. A guy had to win a championship because it's a team game. Uh so but
0: well, you know, you know more than anybody like that 93 season especially. We've talked about it in past podcasts, but You did every single thing you possibly could have done. You're going against Jordan at like the absolute apex.
1: But that's all you want, though, is an opportunity. That's all you want. But the media has changed the narrative. If a guy don't win a championship in his first like five or six years, he got to go. I'm like, what's wrong with fighting through stuff?
0: Well, who's so who's the next guy with that? Because, I mean, Durant, technically, he has he has the two. so yeah, he still that, gets we, that. We, he was hey, the best guy hey, in two hey, title Bill, teams.
1: Bill, 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 we don't count those. You know better. Come on. Oh,
0: I'm counting. No, that no, 2017 well, team was unbelievable. Hey,
1: let me tell you something. In this one, me and Kevin got into it last year. It's the players, man. You you have to, like LeBron, and LeBron said it. Two people said something that we all know as players. LeBron said, I had to win one, not in Miami. And Kobe said something. He says, mm. I got to win one without Shaq right he says and all the players know it has nothing and listen i love the media they're part we're all part they're part of our same team the, the referees everybody we're part of a family but when it comes to the players especially when you on levels like i'm not in the same room with other guys in the hall of fame i'm in the hall of fame but there's different levels and that's just the way it is i don't get to change the narrative like when I'm in the Hall of Fame, yeah, I'm a Hall of Fame, I knew I was a great player, but there's another room where certain guys are in it. Yeah,
0: like I did my basketball, I did my pyramid for my book, right? It was five levels. The top level was like the top 14 guys, right? And those were all yeah. the guys that had been not only great great players, but had been the best guy on a title team, right? Like yeah. Moses Moses needed 1983. Yes. Or else he's not in that final level, right? Then yes. it's like Moses was awesome, but he's not quite there. Elgin Baylor never had it, right? And then you look at somebody like Steph, who well, even though up. he was on the, on the three title teams, but then he last year a, cemented he, it. He needed it last year.
1: Yes, he did. And that's and listen, I, 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 that's the way this thing works.
0: Yeah, you win a title when Andrew Wiggins is your second best player. Yes. I'm putting you in the top level of whatever yeah. I'm building. You're gonna you're you're Spe- now there.
1: Especially especially when Steph has had never won the finals MVP.
0: But where we disagree is I have Durant on the top level. I think he's one of the 15-16 best ever. I do. I hey, think listen, he's the best scoring forward I've ever seen.
1: Uh that's some truth. That's probably the truth in that. But the truth of the matter is when he's been the best player and a leader. He hasn't had success. First of all, they got swept last year. Which but you that o-
0: almost beat Milwaukee. I mean, they toe did. on the line, basically. That, they, w- that was as they, close they, as he's going to get. But
1: almost but, beat him, but did Almost. But also, they got swept last year.
0: Well, last year was embarrassing. And, uh, you know, I wanted to ask you about Kyrie, actually, because people talk about him reverentially. And then when I... When I point out accurate things, people are like, you just hate Kyrie because he, he the Celtics, you just don't like him because I was like, I just don't know if he's that top level anymore because I went to those games in uh, the Celtics sweep and he was great in game one, then screwed up the game in the last minute because he was playing hero ball and he sucked in the last three. It's like when people say, oh my God, Duran and Kyrie together, these two superstars, Like, are we sure Kyrie's a superstar at this point or is he just a really good offensive player? He's like he really doesn't good, play defense.
1: He's a, well, he he's up. completely erratic. <laughs> like, do you
0: trust him? Do you trust him to show up to work week after week? I don't.
1: Well, well he listen. He's kind of, in our opinion, in the same boat as KD, but not on the level because KD is a better player. But like, the Cavs are winning twenty games when he was the best player, and then he goes to then he's like, "I don't want to play second fiddle to LeBron." Oh, you want to be the man? And then it stinks in Boston. And then they get rid of him and they actually do better without him. Yeah. And now you see this thing has just been a clusterfuck in in uh, Brooklyn. So other than that one shot against the Cavs, against against the Warriors... Game seven. His, his resume is spotty, too.
0: I'm giving him the a, last three games of the 16 finals because LeBron and Kyrie were awesome, those last three. And I thought well, he was good in the 2017 playoffs.
1: But it's, but it's still, that's still, that was LeBron's team, though. Yeah. So, like I say, but when he's been the best player, like I say, they were winning 20 games when he was... Th- he's the number one pick in the draft. They were winning 20 games a year. Yeah. And then when LeBron comes back, and don't factor in, you had know, the factor in Kevin Love also was there. But I can say, and, you know, every time you say some of these young guys, I'm like, nah, man, when you're talking to the players, these are the rules. Everybody can be a bus rider. But when you're the bus driver, the stress and all the stuff that goes with it, you like, nobody said, and i use this as an analogy, I love me some said Sabalos. Nobody ever said Said Sabalos didn't win the championship. <laughs> Nobody ever said Oliver Miller didn't win the championship. Yeah. When 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 LeBron was in Cleveland, how many times did y'all say Booby Gibson didn't win the championship or Igaskas? It's like, oh, LeBron's a great player, but he, he can't win the big one. That's just a
0: ruse. Kevin Garnett was another one. Yes who was and, on the worst Minnesota teams year after year after year. Yeah. And then it became, eh, KG, I probably have a column in my old archives. KG, don't know if he has it. Yeah. But then you go back and look at the teams he played for. It's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Put him yeah. on a good team. But then he had to come through, too, which he did.
1: Yeah. Same thing with Paul Pierce. Yeah. You're like, yeah, they gave him KD and Ray Allen. He won a championship. That's why, that's why I don't overreact when guys win the championship. I said, you know, it's a a team game. But, like, a lot of these guys who didn't win the champion, they were going out there. I always tell people, we were good enough to get shitty draft picks. You know, I was like, yeah, we were going to be 500. I'm going to win 500 when I was in Philly. We're not going to be in the lottery. The only time we were in the lottery, because the Cavaliers made a bad trade and gave us the number one draft pick. But once I became a star, like, yeah, I'm gonna win half these games, but we ain't gonna We and we might can win around in the playoffs, but we weren't contenders. But like, I, I, I judge guys by that. Like, you don't have to win the championship, but your team can't always stink. Well, there's one two. Of my-
0: there's two pieces. One is that, and the other is, if you have a reasonably good team, that should be fifty wins.
1: Like no question, and, Jokic and listen, is like
0: Jokic. Last year was playing the Washington Generals, forty eight yeah. wins. Like it, yeah. it literally didn't matter who's on his team; he's winning forty eight games.
1: But I always told people, like, Yo, yeah, man, we could. One stat I'm proud of: I never got swept in a seven game series. I'm like, is that true? One hundred percent. And me and Shaq fight all the time. He got swept like four times. I said, "You call yourself a great player? You let somebody beat you four days in a row?" I said no, hell no! I'm a well. Shaq got swept win. a bunch of
0: times. I think he I got swept
1: like five times. <laughs> I know, and he what well, that was like when he, <laughs> a couple of times he had Kobe with him and they got swept.
0: Yeah, he got something in the finals. Yeah, twice. Said, one
1: one thing I'm proud of, man. Nobody ever beat us four in a row, but I always told those guys in Philly, we can't beat the Celtics, we can't beat the Pistons, we probably can't beat the Bulls, but we should. I can win us one series. Hmm. I, uh, I can win us a game or two in a series but no, nah, we're not getting swept here I can, I can dominate one game this episode
0: is brought to you by Taco Bell if you're anything like me during a busy day of work I need lunch that is just as fresh as it is delicious and easy and the all new cantina chicken menu from Taco Bell is exactly that made with high quality ingredients like seasoned slow roasted chicken pico de gallo shredded purple cabbage and avocado verde salsa sauce the new Cantina chicken tacos, burrito, and quesadilla are the perfect daytime choice. Try the new Cantina chicken menu at Taco Bell now. This episode is brought to you by Peloton. Spring, the best time of the year to dial your fitness routine up a notch. You know what's going to happen. It's going to get warm. You're going to start wearing shorts. You're going to start wearing bathing suits. You're just You're not going to be able to cover up behind those big coats anymore. Also, It's nice outside, get outside, do stuff. Or if you don't have time to get outside, I got Peloton for you. Whether you have five or 60 minutes, Peloton's workouts were made to challenge you. Classes like boot camps, full body strength, boxing, marathon training are created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in and you won't feel bad about not being outside. Peloton's expert coaches, challenging classes and nonstop vibes will keep you coming back for more. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Before we go, I have to ask you about the Philly sports resurgence. We have the Phillies. Go Phils! <laughs> we have the go Phillies in the World Series. The Eagles are undefeated and the Sixers are dog shit. It's Philly. It never rests in Philly.
1: Well, you know, it's interesting. So my home is in Scottsdale, but I live in Philly all summer. Yeah. So, so I just moved back to Phoenix uh, last week. And man, it's been great the last well first of all the uh the eagles have been great for like 6 8 weeks now but what's happening the last 3 weeks with the fields, cuz first of all i didn't think they could beat st louis i definitely didn't think they could beat the braves the padres was 50-50 yeah but man the, the thing is crazy about it i don't know if they can beat the astros i mean Man, the Astros, I was, you know, we're in the studio with the guys, and they're like, and this is like for the last two months, they're like, nobody can beat the Astros. I'm like, what? Yeah. They're, they're like, Pedro, Curtis Granderson, they're in the studio, Jimmy Rollins. So we we see them, like, they're right next door. They're like, yo, man, nobody can beat the Astros. I'm like, and I'm not, I, I said, what about the Braves? And I thought it was going to be the Braves, I'll be honest with you. Mm. They're like, Nobody can beat the Astros. And now my Phillies are going to get a chance to shock the world. And let me tell you something. If they win, it would shock the world.
0: Well, they're super fun to watch. Bryce is oh. having like a, I'm finally reaching all of my natural potential I've ever had in my yeah. body moment. I don't know. It's, they have three, four, and five at home, which I think if you steal one, that's going to be a really hard place to play.
1: See, I, I hate that format.
0: You don't like the two, three, two.
1: I hate the three, two, two, three, two in any sport. Yeah. Because you I think you put the road team at a disadvantage. It's like it's so much pressure on them to win one of the first two, but also it's hard to beat any team three days in a row. It cost the
0: eighty-five Celtics the title. I'm yeah. still bitter about it. <laughs> we so tied it think, two two. And then I, all of a sudden game five's in LA. They win that. Yeah. Now it's three-two. Come back. Mikhail gets in foul trouble. We lose the title.
1: Yeah. yeah. I I I hate two three two. And I said, and the thing that pisses me off the most about two three two, now two three two. probably, they started changing it back in my day because we were flying commercial,
0: right? And it was better I for just, the media, all that stuff.
1: I said, yo, man, everybody got their own planes and shit now, <laughs> right? We don't. Uh, it's like a, it's like a three and a half to four hour flight now with orders. You got your feet up, and so so there's no need to be doing two three two. Well, they got so, rid of it finally. Uh, they, they needed to. I mean, such that was dis- two,
0: the 2 2 one, 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 Golden State, Boston. It was actually, yeah. I think, probably good for Golden State.
1: But, but, but it's, it's just a disadvantage for the road team.
0: Yeah. My I'm big glad- thing, if I could fix anything, I mean, they finally got rid of that terrible, the rule where you can foul somebody on a fast break, which was the dumbest rule. They finally got rid of that. Now we have fast breaks again. I would make it that you can't get a top three pick three years in a row. I think that's an easy fix. If you're well, that bad where you're getting a top three pick three years in a row, then and we can't relegate you like they do in soccer, yeah. then you can't benefit from this. Like, OKC has, or Houston has a chance to get it three years in a row, this this draft.
1: I would do I, it I'm against it. What would I, you do? I talked to the commissioner about, I don't give you extra balls for losing. I thought that was the stupidest shit ever. Like, team start tanking with two months to go. Yeah. And I was like, wait, y'all giving them an extra ball in the hopper, which is the hopper is the dumbest shit ever. Like, you spinning balls around in the air, anything <laughs> can happen. Yeah. That's just, the team is in the lottery. You get one ball. You get every team in there gets one ball. That's the way I would solve that problem. I'm not giving you extra balls for losing. That's the stupidest shit ever. Well, they. And, 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 they, they've about, changed it seven times. Uh, but, because, but they still reward you for losing, which yeah. the stupidest thing ever. D- that's one thing I would change. The second rule I would change is you can't raise your ticket prices as long as you're below 500 Oh, I, think, I like that one. I think we should do that in every sport because some of these teams aren't trying to win. They're not trying to win. They're, ma- yeah. and they're making it, baseball is probably the worst because they they give you money for losing. But I would have a rule saying in any sport, if you're below 500, you cannot raise your ticket prices because it ain't right. It's locked.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I I know I had some quipper seasons where they raised them. It was like wait every year. Bear, Bear Davis is 250 pounds. Why'd you raise yeah. my tickets?
1: Uh, I was like, wait a minute. Why this team has not been in a good. But we're raising ticket prices every year. No, no ticket prices. No ticket prices if you're below 500.
0: Well, this the last question, then we'll go. The media rights deal that's coming, which you know about because you mentioned at the top, and it's going to blow the salaries to a whole different stratosphere. We're going to have guys making $75, $78, $80 million a year. We're going to have guys signing $400 million contracts. You were in the era you're in the first era when guys started making a lot of money, right? KG signed that deal.
1: I, 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 I missed it. You're at it the though. tail end of it.
0: But KG signed for 126
1: for six. You were still playing. And but you know, so the reason I missed all the big money, my first agent stole all my money. Yeah. And so I ended up signing a 10-year deal. Ugh. And so I had how about this? I had the same deal my last four years in Philly, all four years in Houston, excuse me, in uh, Phoenix, and my first two years in Houston. Jesus. All, beca- all because my first agent stole my money.
0: And you wanted the security of a longer deal. That's like basically what happened to Pippin, too. There were a couple guys from oh, yeah, Oh, hey, actually, yeah.
1: exactly the same thing. Yeah. So, yeah, so me and Scott I asked, like, both got screwed. And then, like, Two years into my deal, guys started making big money. And at that time, me and Michael were best friends. And we used to get together and talk. And he'd say, the number one thing we never going to do is hold out or bitch about our contract. Like when I got traded to Phoenix, Dan Marlin, Kevin Johnson was making more money than me. And I won MVP. So I never became a free agent in my prime because my first agent, I don't want to mention his name, Lance Lesnick stole all my money. Lance <laughs> Lesnick stole all my money. <laughs> you were getting at least endorsements though, right? I was getting endorsements. Yeah. but I probably got cheated out of probably a hundred a uh, hundred million dollars more. Cause at that point, because I was only making about three or four million dollars. I know that's a lot of money. But no. the other guys were making like twenty million.
0: Well, you wanted to time it for ninety-five, ninety-six. There was the teams really started planning for free agency with the cap. Alan Houston made that money with the Knicks that year, Shaq signed with the Lakers. They like Things started to shift with how they put teams together, I would say mid-90s. So if you'd been a free agent... But I still,
1: if if I had to become a free agent at any time, like I say, I got MVP four years later, I would have been a free agent after my first four or five years in Phoenix. Can you imagine Uh, me being a free agent? Because like I say, and I still, after I signed that 10-year deal, I played four more years in Philly Jesus. and I was playing well. And like I say, the same thing, all four of my years in Phoenix, I was still under the same deal. So I never became a free agent.
0: Well, how? so let's say these guys, let's say there's $400 million for five-year deals, like that's the new max or 380, whatever. How's anybody going to be able to coach somebody who's making $80 million a year? You, 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 I, I don't mean that as an old guy on the couch thing. I'm just like, I'm honestly curious. Like, how does that happen? You
1: no, know, first of all, it's a very fair, legitimate question. You're at the mercy of the person. Hmm. Uh, well, first of all, you've all, all coaches have. Well, not all of them. Like Riley, Popovich. There's very few coaches who've had Spolstra. I think Spolstra got. Oh, Spolstra got. Yeah, but that's because yeah. he got Pat Riley upstairs. True. Yeah, but. Coaches, when money start going crazy, they're gonna always fire coaches. But to answer your original question, you're gonna be at the mercy of your best player because that goes back to this whole thing we've been talking about, Bill. If your best player's an asshole, you're in trouble as a coach.
0: Right, plain well, and simple. Well, we saw even with the Celtics, like they get this new coach right before the season. Right, they actually like this guy, and it seems like. They want to play hard for him, but who knows? Could that shift in a month and two months, and all of a sudden well, the, people get mad about this or that or whatever?
1: Well, that's a is, variable. The, well, the thing about him is nothing's going to matter with him until the playoffs. Yeah. So, that, and that's the one negative about his entire situation. The Celtics going to have a good team, but he's going to be judged on how they do in the playoffs. So he's in a really awkward, unique situation. Yeah, they got a really good team and they're going to be successful. But unless they get to the fouls and win it, he going to be like, oh, he didn't do anything that hasn't been done already. So he, to me, is in a really interesting situation.
0: It seems talent-wise, it seems like Boston, Milwaukee, Golden State. I thought Denver had a chance to be there, but they're making me a little nervous how they started the season, so I'm not going to go there yet. And then the Clippers, who the hell knows? I don't know what I'm getting from those guys. But who else would you throw in in like that top group?
1: Well, in the East, to me, uh, I think Milwaukee and Boston.
0: And that's it, are, right? Then it drops off.
1: Well, listen, as I told you earlier, that team in Brooklyn.
0: Yeah, you can't put them in there. You, <laughs> you can't, can't put
1: them in. But but you would not be shocked if they started doing well. But like I say, they could get their I would their be coach-
0: shocked if they won three straight playoff rounds. I don't see it.
1: Yeah, I, just I agree. Uh, well, we don't know who's going to be coaching them because mm. the first sign of trouble, Steve Nash is gone.
0: Yeah, well, same thing for Doc Rivers.
1: Hundred uh, uh, percent. I don't even correct. think
0: they wanted Doc Rivers to come back yeah, for this hey, season.
1: Hey, hundred percent correct. Uh, so, but in the West, man, I, I'm, the Kawhi situation is fascinating. I picked them to win the West. I, I think don't. The,
0: I don't trust it. I just don't trust him. The how many minutes is going to play? The game I went to on Thursday night, he didn't play until the five minute mark of the second quarter. He hasn't played
1: a year uh, and uh, a half. It's like, wait, you can't uh, you can't start a basketball game yet? What's going well, on? Well, the thing was, you saw the other night against Sacramento, he didn't play.
0: Yeah, he was like, oh,
1: rest. It's I said, like I said, what? wait, he he been off for a year and a half, and he's resting already in game two.
0: He's had five years off over the last <laughs> t- eight years. It's, so, it's crazy.
1: It's crazy, but. I'll tell you this: I, I don't know about my sons. The second best. I don't know about
0: two- I don't know about the Chris piece with the sons because one of these years, it's like what we're seeing this year with Brady and Rogers. You just can't keep expecting old athletes to run it back and still be but, great. But
1: uh, he just got he got to defer to Aiden, yeah, and Booker. What concerns me about my sons is I found out two weeks ago that. The coach and his second best player haven't spoken since they got into a disagreement <laughs> right. in game seven. I was like, Whoa, right. what what? I was like, I, I, you know it's so funny. You know how you watching these reporters, yeah, and, and they ask Aiden, like, how's this relationship with money? And he says, But we haven't we haven't spoken since game seven. I mean and the guy's like, Nice y'all got to fight I was like, they just gave you two hundred million dollars and you ain't speaking to the guy who's paying you?
0: Well, it's like, like it- In 1985, it's understandable if you and Billy Cunningham, because we didn't have text or email, but we have text now. Like, how does Monty Williams not text him and be like, congrats on the new deal. Can't wait to coach you. Uh,
1: Bill, let's say hypothetically I hated you. Yeah. If I had to come and see you every day, I got to at least, even if I'm faking it, say hello, correct?
0: Yes, correct.
1: Like, okay, okay, let's say me and you work together. If we pass each other in the hall, don't you say hello? How you doing? Hey, 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 coach! <laughs> I mean, like, how was your summer? Like, everybody, like at Turner, even if it's a janitor or a maid or something, or how I always say hello? Yeah, out of common damn courtesy and decency, I wouldn't walk by the janitor. Or somebody who does clean there and not say hello. Like, saying hello to somebody you see every day is just like common sense one-on-one.
0: Yeah, that made me nervous. I, I'm writing them off. I don't know who the second-best team is. I'm, I'm studying intently because Memphis is more interesting than I expected.
1: Uh, Memphis, well, you know who's fascinating? But they've already... The, 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 the Pelicans is interesting, Bill.
0: Well, that's the wild card, right? If you told me that they, like, to me, way more realistic that they made either the conference finals or the finals in the Nets, because they actually have crazy talent, they have role players. Oh,
1: they got great role players. Yeah. And they and they got three guys who are every night got a really good chance of being the best player at their position. Yeah. But the thing that scares me now, the concussion thing uh, with mm. Ingram is, uh, you gotta be careful with concussions, but Zion just falling hard and he's out already. I'm like, that makes me scared. It scares me. I'm like, yeah, everybody's got a sore back who plays basketball. Yeah, just, like, if, 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 like, wait, is every time he fall, he going to be out?
0: Yeah, that like, wasn't great. I was very encouraged by what I saw from him, both how in shape he was and yes. how athletic he was. That first yes. night when they were ki- killing the
1: Nets, I was like, "Oh my but, but, god!" But, you, but but Bill, every time you fall, you can't be hurt. Yeah, like sometimes they got to say, "Yeah, yeah, we know you're back hurting." Everybody out here's got a bad back. Game thirty-two, thirty-three, got, got slept on the bed wrong or fell in the game. Throw some icy hot. Get Shaq a shout out. Throw some icy hot on <laughs> and get your ass back. Get your ass back out there.
0: Yeah, I mean, what's interesting about them is they don't have Ingram or Zion than on Sunday. And it's like, all right, CJ, they have three dudes that can carry you in a fourth quarter mm-hmm. who are, I don't know, I still feel like, I wish Daryl had gotten McCollum for Simmons and kept Curry. And I just think the curry Maxi mccollum thing, I, I just like that more than all rolling the dice with Harden. And I think Harden's impossible to play hey, with.
1: Hey, I liked um, here, C- Living in Philly, they, they says, what do you think about Eric Gordon and Christian Wood. I'm like, oh, we need to do that deal.
0: Yeah, that sounds great.
1: I said, let's do that deal just for Ben Simmons. Right. I said, because you would still have Curry and your picks and and, and 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 like I say, I said, wait a minute, why 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 would you do? Because I like Christian Wood. Yeah,
0: yeah, you like him more than I do. I'm I'm still a little dubious, but he has a good on Dallas.
1: Yeah, but because he, he I listen, he's one of those guys. The further he slips down, the line, see because when they paid him, see this is one of the big mistake guys make. Just because you pay a guy, you can't say he's one, two, or three on my team. Like, but if he's three or four, his value is gonna be like, oh, him playing with Harden and Embiid, he's a really good number three. Yeah. So I think sometimes like when guys pay people, they're like. Well, y'all paid him. That don't you just can't slot him in as a number one or two or three guy. Sometimes it's to, he's like Tobias
0: oh. Harris syndrome.
1: Yes. Exactly. Great number great. four. Great number four. Great number four. But like, but people don't understand sometime, man. Hey man, you just can't go by the numbers.
0: Yeah. Well, in a couple of years everybody will be making fifty to eighty million dollars. It'll be impossible to say who was overpaid. Yeah. So, I, so, so. I, every, hey, look, everybody deserves it. The league's doing great. The money's got to right. go somewhere.
1: Hey, I, ne- I never hate on... I made more money than Dr. J and Kareem and Wilt, and they were much better <laughs> players than me. I just hate my agent stole all my money, so I didn't get some of that big money.
0: Um, it was great to see you. I'm glad you're hey. doing well. I was excited that you're going to be in our lives for the next few years. And uh, hey, say how to, to our guys for us, Kenny, Shaq, everybody. Hey, Ernie.
1: You you know how much I like you, brother. I got a lot of love and admiration and respect for you. It's always good to see you. You be safe and take care of yourself. All right, you too. Okay, peace.
0: All right, that's it for the podcast. Thanks to Charles. Thanks to Kyle Creighton for producing. Thanks to Dylan Berkey and Steve Cerruti. As always, don't forget new rewatchables went up on Monday night if you want to check that out. Check out the hottest take as well. I went on that. Prestige TV is coming back this weekend in a big way with White Lotus and some other stuff. Plus, we're doing Atlanta on there with Van and Charles. So, that is all I got for you. Check out the ringer.com, great website. And I will see you on this feed on Thursday.